And now, brought to you by Guru Energy Drinks. Good energy, smart organics. www.guruenergy.com Coming to you live, but not really live, from Gut Check World Headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state and Gut Check South Command, deep in the belly button above the buckle of the Bible Belt, it's the Gut Check Podcast with your hosts, Ted Gluck and Zach Bartles. Hey, welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. Uh, I am Zach Bartles, and with me as always is Ted Cluck, and we want to start out this uh, this particular episode with a big announcement, kind of in the wake of our, our announcements last time about our retirement and our, our committing to uh, find replacements for one another. Uh, Ted, I got to admit, I forgot until kind of the last minute. Um, in fact, I had already called you on Skype, and then I remembered yeah. I was supposed to find your replacement. Dude, you're sort of like a college student, just kind of waiting till the last minute, and then and then scrambling around and giving kind of a half-hearted effort. But it's really it's really good that like uh, thing, things just came together in this case, didn't they? Well, it seems like you kind of waited to the last minute as well. I did. That's the thing. Guilty as charged. <laughs> well, uh, let's just go ahead and just make the announcement as if it's no big deal. Um, okay. my, the the basically, I was supposed to find your replacement, and because yeah. I waited until the last second, what I often do in in my uh, my real job as well is yeah. I will forget to uh, delegate something, uh-huh. and then I'll just be like, you know what, I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that seems like it's kind of either a uber responsibility or kind of like a, a martyr complex, but really it's just sure. uh, laziness and procrastination. Uh, so I'm going to be your replacement uh, this this episode. Wow. Uh, Dude, you know, and you know what's crazy about that is that I was going to go ahead and be your replacement for this episode. And also, by this episode, I mean just moving forward and definitely on the program. So, guys, what we have, uh, and girls, I know there's some girls listening, uh, <laughs> is, is actually a total shakeup. It yeah, may seem like no change at all, but this is huge media entertainment news. Really, we should be putting out a company press release about this. I think <laughs> you know what I have a PR word. guy who can actually do that for us. Wow, nice baby! Yeah, he is at Union University. Okay, uh, and he will hook me up. Did he? Uh, did he contact you for an interview? Has that happened? Uh, I gave him my number and asked him to call me sometime yesterday, and I okay. haven't heard from him. And I now I'm now I'm thinking like it's it, all the onus is kind of on me to make this happen because I have to make up for, you know, cause it kind of cosmically make up as I do for <laughs> yeah. for times that I've been for being mean. So the, yeah, the way the way things go interpersonally for you is that. <laughs> like you, you do a mean thing, and then you have to kind of cosmically make up for it. So you don't so do I that. Think the onus is on you. Do I ever do it? Yeah. Oh, of course. Okay, because yeah. you, you just made it sound like it was particular to me. No, I feel like I'm forever doing that. Okay, I mean, that's the story <laughs> of my life, but also yours too. It is, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's easier to see it in other people. You know. You hear that, man? What? It was the opening of a can of Guru Light. Oh, is that what that sounds like? I know that. Oh, sounds. that is heavenly. Guru Light, Zach, I think is the best one. Do you mm-hmm. agree? Mm-hmm. It's the one that I find myself going to the most often. Well, you and I were for a while there. Uh, I'd say in about 2010 through 12, rock yeah. star men. Yeah, and it was we always the white rock star can. Well, rock star white. Before we sort of realized that we could be, you know, we could be radio moguls. We could be uh, reviewing and talking about these things on the air. We hadn't yet caught the vision for the. You know the rocket ship that would be this uh, this podcast. Zach. Well, in between the two, we were also monster absolute zero guys. Um, yeah, and, the and blue that, ones, right? The blue monsters. Yeah, yeah. That now has like a gray M on it. The oh, thing it with the monster is though the cultural and 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 persona related things that that come into play when you see like the the trucks with yeah. like the monster logo on the window. Oh, right, like the stickers. Yeah. 
I'm not that guy. Are you? No, I'm not. I don't feel like I would ever put a, a monster uh, sticker on my car. Although I would put guru stickers on my car. And I'm not quite the guy kayaking on the banner ad either, but I'd rather be him than the yeah. guy with the monster. I have kayaked before. Zach, have you kayaked? I have, yeah. And I find yeah. it fun, although it's one I of those things it... that it, it gets tiring really fast. It does. I find it really pleasant, like in the early morning on a really still lake. You know what I mean? Where the, where the, the top of the water is almost like glass-like. That sounds really nice. It is nice. Yeah, it's idyllic. I, as I explained it, I'm getting all wistful for it. When and where have you have you done this early morning, uh, you know, sheet of glass? Uh, I used to do that up on uh, up on Torch Lake. My uh, my my lady's uh, grandparents used to have a place up there, and we would we would go and visit. And they had uh, they had some kayaks, and uh, you know, I would I would go out on the on, on the early morning lake and just have uh, have have some 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 quiet time to myself, baby. You know, they make a Bible that is waterproof. Yeah, the have you heard of this? Five? No, I haven't. They have a, a copy of it in uh, one of the, my favorite bookstore in Grand Rapids, Baker Books, in okay. like a, a fish tank, and it's been okay. there for like I don't know three years. <laughs> wow. And they'll take it out every once in a while and let you leaf through it, and it, it wow. never runs. And the paper is waterproof. That would be a good thing to bring out on the still lake early Dude, in the morning. I'm so not that guy though. Like as I say this, speaking vis-a-vis persona building, which we're going to be talking about here in a minute. Uh, with your interview, like I'm, I'm so not kayak guy. You know what I mean? If by kayak guy, I mean like, you know, the guy with like the Nalgene bottle and uh-huh. like the like a little bit of a beard and like oh, like outdoorsy, like I'm going camping and I have like a bike rack on top of my my Volkswagen Jetta. And, and you like know? until you get guy. four feet away or closer, it looks like maybe you have dreads, and then you realize, yeah, yeah. oh, like, you don't oh, really you have, have dreads. dreads? Yeah, you know, I'm not. I'm so not that guy. The guy who you majored know, like, in out- botany in college yeah, at a botany, Christian college. Or, like, Outdoor recreation major. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm absolutely not that guy. In shirtless fact, under a tree with a uh, you know acoustic guitar guy. Yeah, yeah, playing frisbee shirtless. You know, <laughs> I mostly hate the outdoors. To be honest with you, most of what I want to do happens indoors. But uh, but I, I do football's like outside. Outside, football, yeah, football is outside. No, you're right. But it's yeah. inside in that it's it's kind of it's completely surrounded by the stands. And it's, everything. it's surrounded by the stands, and then you're even kind of inside the uniform, aren't you, Zach? You know, with the helmet, and <laughs> the uniform's like a little house, you know, that you put on. <laughs> you know, the number of times I actually put on a football uniform is, I could count on one hand, so I... Have I, you ever had one on, even like for Halloween or anything? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I played on a, a little, uh, whatever you call it, league, in, in maybe sixth grade. Yeah, yeah. I I I rather enjoy yeah, football. I think it's Dude, uh, we've yeah. never talked about this. What uh, what position did you play? You know, I was one of the guys who uh ran with the ball or tried to catch the ball or okay. blocked people. And okay. me- meaning that everyone pretty much played every position because sure. it was that small time of a thing. What what I what I like doing is is you know, being a receiver. I like you know, we we probably learned you know the eight most basic plays. You know, sure. flag, post. You know, I mean, just just yeah. very very simple stuff. And I always love just practicing those. You know, just you yeah. run out, you break this way, you Dude, look up and wait, and the ball should be coming. I think that's awesome. I think it's man, fun. I had no idea. See, we've been friends for all these years, and uh, I didn't know you had a football uh, history, Zach. This you is... and I should throw the old pigskin around oh, next should. time. That would be you. idyllic. We'd be we'd be like one of those uh, Wrangler Gene commercials. You know what I mean? With the guys just. <laughs> Sort of, they happen upon this field, and they're all wearing their jeans, just tossing the ball about. You know, oh, that happens. That's that's we the thing. We could pile in our truck afterwards with our monster sticker on it, <laughs> and but, the kayaks in back, just kind of you know, over top of all the different. 
personas. We could go build a fire on the beach and then do some kayaking. <laughs> just changed into a beer commercial from the 80s, actually. And, of course, the next time we get together is going to be in Louisville, and we're going to be in a nice hotel. So I don't know that we're going to want to throw a... Uh, we'll be indoors doing indoor things. Indoorsmen with our yep. wives around. So, yeah, it'll be probably yeah. more... That's going to be great. I'm looking forward to that. Me too, man. Me too. Together for Gut Check again. It's T4GC. My Together for Gut Check t-shirt is basically just shedding all of the, the like, rubbery stuff that makes up the words. Really? It's time for you to... It's time. You know what? It's time for us as a company to design uh, another Together for Gut Check shirt. And you know what? This is a good time to throw to the audience, like, uh, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up uh, on... However you hit us up, uh, I wouldn't know, but uh, however you do that, hit us up that way and let us know if you want a Together for Gut Check t-shirt, T4GC, and we will... Uh, We'll get our design team on that. Right. That is the reason we made Gut Check, and we haven't designed a t-shirt since before we came out with any books. It's mission drift, Zach, is what it is. That's what they call it in business. When you set out with a mission, Uh and our mission was to create a publishing company for the reason of creating a t-shirt. And, you know, we created one or two t-shirts, and then we just drifted into this, you know, murky kind of amorphous business of, of publishing books and... I feel like we need to get back to the heart of who we are, which is really making T-shirts. Well, if you actually go on our website, there's our our, our minimalist kind of crappy website. Uh, yeah. There's a section called swag, and there's some T-shirts that you designed. Uh, and I don't think any of the links actually work anymore, but they still sure. the broken JPEGs are just there. And That's the okay. names of the T-shirts are there, and one of them is called the McLaren. Oh, an homage to Brian McLaren. Is the t-shirt actually just a kimono? <laughs> <laughs> Remember that joke? I feel like that's a really old joke from a lot of years ago, but it's no, still that's, funny. That's also in uh, Mega. Yeah. The the photographs of, of uh, the catalog of his photographs of famous people, me and oh, Brian McLaren. Yes, those are our kimonos. I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, we're funny with our words, Zach. And you know what? Speaking of words, you had uh, you had a novel relaunch uh, here in the last week, and um, you you cranked up the the PR and marketing machine, and there was just uh, so much buzz uh, in the air. It seemed like everywhere I, I, I went here in the mid south, people were talking about uh, the last con, and and it was on everyone's mind. So uh, one of the things that we did, one of the things that I did, was uh, to interview you about your book relaunch, uh, except that it wasn't a standard interview. Uh, the way that I did it was that I wrote both parts. So I wrote as myself and as you for the mm. interview. And you uh, know me so well that no one would ever have known had you not no, exactly, both titled yeah. the post that and, and revealed it here. <laughs> and revealed it here, right. I don't like to keep things a secret. You know, I like to, to be upfront about things like that. But um, I thought it would be fun, Zach, if we, uh, if we read that interview and I could read my parts and you could read uh, your parts. So, so I'll be reading my words from your imagination. Yeah, you'll be reading your words written sort of as a as a script by me. So now uh, the only thing that will be missing is the fact that like every third word is hyperlinked, which is hilarious too. <laughs> yeah, that's right because that's the point of these blog posts, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you sort of do the you do the blog tour, quote unquote, uh, to promote your book, and really the whole point is just to have a post with you know a link to the Amazon page. So I thought about doing a really minimalist post, like a haiku, in which every <laughs> word was hyperlinked. <laughs> Maybe I should do that. I, I could still do it. The relaunch is still valid, right? They're sure, still yeah. Well, hey, the thing is still two ninety nine for the ebook all the way to the end of the month. Just saying. That's good promo, baby. I like how you slipped that in there. You and I are becoming <laughs> real we're becoming real radio pros, aren't we? Oh my goodness, yeah. It's unbelievable. It's it's almost hard to be off the radio. You know, like 
<laughs> in real life, I find myself acting as though I'm still hosting this podcast. But uh, but I digress. Let's uh, let's dive into this interview. All right. Uh, this is called Interview with Author Zach Bartles about his book relaunch in which Ted Cluck plays the roles of both Ted Cluck and Zachary Bartles. Only in this case, Zachary Bartles will be, for a limited engagement, playing the role <laughs> of Zachary Bartles. Will be the actual Zachary Bartles. Uh, so let's get started. Uh, Zach, thanks for joining me today. So you're relaunching your latest novel, The Last Con, and as such, people are blogging about it in such a way as to include links to the Amazon page for the book, along with your name and some semi-provocative get-to-know-the-author type banter that will ultimately make people want to buy the book. That's right. <laughs> so about the banter, let's dive right into the kind of humble and endearing yet persona-shaping anecdote that will help the reader feel like they really know you. <laughs> Tell me about the time you left half a firearm in the booth at a mid-Michigan eatery. Oh, hold on. I'm supposed to chuckle in such a way as to suggest, oh, that story again. <laughs> exactly. Right, <hold> on. <laughs> Let me begin by saying that the pistol... <laughs> Let me begin by saying that the pistol in question was completely legal and registered, and that I have been trained in the use of it in such a way as to make it a completely safe... <laughs> completely safe pistol to have and carry around. It's also legal to carry it around in Michigan. And let me also say that the eatery in question is very darkly lit and Italian and masculine in such a way as to make you feel like you're doing some serious gangster movie type eating. So the gun sort of fits in that context. Yeah. So what happened is we had finished our meal and paid for it and you were driving home when I realized that the gun had like... <laughs> <laughs> the gun the gun had like come apart <laughs> and come apart is in italics that's what you'll get of it. hold on give me a minute yeah um, yeah that's why it's so funny the gun the gun had like come apart in the booth and that some of the bullets <laughs> take for Some of the bullets were probably just laying there. Yeah. So then I asked you to turn the car around and go back, but then like completely judged your driving and the whole way back, both in terms of your speed or lack thereof, and the route you took. The wrong route. <laughs> because the real issue was that half of your gun was laying in a booth <laughs> or on the floor. So you were sort of taking out all that anxiety about the gun on me. Exactly. You know what you know what else has a lot of guns? Both of my novels, but especially The Last Con. Zach, what's the best thing about being an author with a large traditional publishing house? The fame and sense of validation it provides. What's the best thing about being an author with Gut Check Press? Everything else. Nice. Zach, which boondock saint do you fancy yourself as in those private dreaming about persona moments? Sean Patrick Flannery or, or Norman Reedus? Everybody would expect me to say Reedus, so I'm going with Flannery. Interesting. Would you rather be Flannery or James Spader's Raymond Reddington character? Again, asked in an all-morals-aside, strictly daydreaming-about-persona sort of way. Spader's Raymond Reddington. It should be noted, Zach, that you were wearing suits and fedoras well before NBC's hit program, The Blacklist. Thank you for noticing. Well, we're both writers, so we're both good at noticing things. And I dare say that it's that singular quality, the noticing, that makes our work so doggone much fun to read. I agree. Especially fun to read is my novel, The Last Con. <laughs> Excellent. 
Zach, if, if Reddington had been dining in a low-lit Italian eatery and had somehow left half of his pistol in the booth, how do you think you would have handled it? He would have had Demby turn the car around and then would have made fun of Demby about his driving the whole way back. But the charming and magical thing about Reddington is that Demby, even though he himself is very bright, speaks four languages, wouldn't have necessarily even known he was being made fun of. If Reddington had ever been an author and had ever had several of his books stolen at a book event, how do you think he would handle that situation? Now, that's a fascinating scenario. It's my feeling that he would have waited several years and then buy the house where the ill-fated event happened with a bag full of cash, only to then immediately burn it to the ground. But he would, of course, gotten his books back first. <laughs> so oh, nice. funny. Zach, thanks so much for that interview, man. It was uh, it was really lively to have you uh, to have you kind of bring those those characters to life. Now, I gotta say, as I commented on the blog post itself, I can't remember yep. why I didn't point out that that I thought I had left that, that I thought that the the magazine had just slid out of the the gun. Not, yeah, not right. that half of the gun was there, and then it turned out that that it hadn't, in fact, and that it wasn't. It was actually in my gun safe at home. And so I'd it was been, a false alarm. The whole thing was kind of so you were carrying around like a magazineless gun, the empty, whole, useless, yeah, yep. a completely useless gun, but <laughs> but a gun that helped. I think again in a persona shaping sort of way, did it not? Yeah, you know, it's really good for your persona when you race back to the kind of sad <laughs> Italian eatery and like and pretend it's your cell phone you're looking for, and sadly ask the. The very, very pregnant waitress. Well, she like bends over and you're like, no, no, I can do that. Her. Yeah, I don't want to yeah, cause right. any damage. Yeah, it's probably induced labor by doing all that heavy lifting to find. <laughs> Zach, you know what else I like uh, regarding words? Uh, I like it when people who listen to the program uh, use their words uh, to to post fawning five star reviews of us. And again, one of the one of the byproducts of me. Uh, not being really on the internet a whole lot is that I, I really don't ever get to read these. But you were uh, you were kind enough uh, the other day to send me an email with a bunch of new, fresh uh, five star reviews for the podcast. And uh, do you do you have those in front of you? I don't, man. Okay, I have them in front of me. So what I would like to do uh, is read some of these and just have you react. Okay, so just sort of a. Uh, an interpretive kind of off the cuff reaction as I read these. All right. Okay, uh, this is a short one. It's a five-star. It's called Yes, This Is the Best Podcast Ever uh, by Matt Snap, And he says, uh, ridiculously hilarious and relaxing. I like that. I like, I like the simplicity, and I like, I like, and I like the, the message. I like the message, too. And, and here's, a, here's one that expands a little bit. Uh, this one is called Clouds of Smoke and Founts of Guru. And this was a five-star as well by T. Teague. Uh, he says, one of the two podcasts that I listen to, very exclusive, this guy. Uh, he says, Gut Check comes at you with hard-hitting, and by hard-hitting, I mean sometimes random, pointless topics that are sure to get you thinking, maybe. Ted and Zach are endlessly entertaining. <laughs> what? Sure to get you thinking, maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. Zach and Ted are endlessly entertaining and awesome to listen to. Join the Army today, and if you're lucky, you may even get an email categorizing your name into a decade and genre. Listeners, beware of explicit reformed language. I don't really understand the decade and genre thing. What does that mean? I don't either. I was pretending to understand it in fear that you understood it and <laughs> that I wouldn't. But I, I'm really, I really appreciate your authenticity in saying that you also don't understand it, because I don't either. So... I'm All glad right. we had this talk. Yeah, well, we thank you for the five-star anyway. 
Here's a here's another five star Zach from Warrior Poet 06. Ooh. Now, who do we know in real life that would name themselves Warrior Poet? I don't know. Cliff Graham? There it is, man. There it is. Speaking of persona shaping. Dude, uh, speaking of persona dominating. Yeah. Actually, Dude, Cliff Graham killed his persona like last year. Late Dude, last he, year. He he killed his persona just so that he could rebuild another persona to hunt down through the woods and then kill. <laughs> On motorcycles. This, Cliff's persona could kill most actual people i think so <laughs> we're getting really deep into that but this is by warrior poet 06 a five star he says love it these guys are great if you're ever in the greater atlanta area come enjoy a la gloria cubana on me fellas Ooh. so uh, an offer of a free cigar for if we're ever in atlanta baby we've gotten offers of free cigars before though that we have they that haven't really realized, have they no. <laughs> here's another one here's another great uh, kind of detailed five star it's it says uh, gut check makes me stumble daily what? And this is by K. Rutt. Uh, he says this. This is really deep, Zach. You'll, you'll need to speak some pastoral wisdom into this. Uh, he says, I have devoured every single episode, and by that I mean the first nine. <laughs> I, have an ad- <laughs> I have an addiction to this epic niche podcast. These two hooligans have become idols in my once pure heart. Hooligans. Isn't this great? All other podcasts are sitting dormant and neglected in my app, but gut check... And the happy rant, oops, are seducing me daily. <laughs> my wife doesn't like you all, and by that I mean she secretly loves you, but won't make admission to my refined taste. For you noobs, start with episode four. Within the first six minutes, you will hear the most joyful moment in live radio broadcasting. What's episode four? got to look that up now. I don't remember. Yeah, look it up. And by live, we, of course, mean dot, 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 which is our joke. He's making our joke. I'm glad he's making our joke. Good for He's welcome to Which is the thing it. that I like. I like it when people sort of you know, worshipfully make our joke. Oh, dude, you know what it is? Which one? Is it the is it the Soda Stream? It's the one that got us our only one star review. What? Yeah, the soda remember the guys oh it's some two men trying to do the soda stream is not good podcast material. Yeah. Yeah. Get me Saul Rosenberg. Oh, get Brett Weir. Get Brett Weir, I said. <laughs> so <laughs> So episode one, episode four was the Soda Stream app. Yeah. Oh, you know what? The the moment is when you you asked me where the syrup was. Oh, that's right. That was a great radio moment, wasn't it? That was a great radio moment in the history of our radio program. <laughs> All right. Here's here's another one. Another five star. It's it's called For Your Listening Pleasure uh, by C Mullis. I recently started listening to this podcast, and it has become one of my favorites. From the energy drink reviews to the Rachel Held Evans tweets, this is a great way to pass the time while doing something else. <laughs> I'd rather he didn't do something else. I'd, I'd rather like un, un, you know, mitigated attention was directed toward our program. I almost feel like we, we actually read that one before. I feel like we did too. Maybe we're getting into ones that we read. You know what? I know we read this one before. Okay. It's from Constance Doyle. Connie. Connie. Good old Connie. Good old Connie. You're going to read I, it again anyway good. though, huh? I'm going to read it one more time from okay. Connie. <laughs> this is called Give It a Try. It's five stars. And uh, she says, I found this podcast through the happy rant, which I found through John Piper's son, Barnabas. Who knew my love for Pastor John would also lead to my new favorite form of entertainment? Mm. I'm probably in a minority as a college-age girl in the Gut Check Podcast Army's fan base. And sometimes I get lost in the sports commentary, like our little digression on your Pee Wee football career. <laughs> <laughs> but these guys... <laughs> But these guys are hilarious regardless of your understanding of the subject matter or lack of subject matter. They will be relieved to hear that I'm the third appreciator of the Downton Abbey commentary in their niche of a niche of a niche. Thanks for all the laughs, Connie. Um, 
We love that. And baby, Downton Abbey's about to ramp back up again, which I know you're thrilled about, and I am uh, as well. Yeah, that's going to be. You know what? Why don't Why don't we uh, like live live podcast, live blog podcast? Is that, is that a thing? That's um, a thing you just named. Yeah, it's a new thing. The act, the, the watching of. Dude, I would love that. I would love to record during the watching of an app, but I, I feel like our lo- our uh, our wives wouldn't appreciate that too much. Hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe we could just no. Never mind. I was gonna say maybe maybe you and I could just kind of watch it together. You on, and I could Skype watch it together without our wives initially, and then watch yeah. it with our wives. But that that actually crosses lines I'm not willing to cross. Um, I want to read a review too here. Okay. Uh, Because there's somebody who asked a a while ago, maybe a couple months ago, why we hadn't read his review of Reraptured when we were reading those. Okay. Uh, And the reason was because he's uh, apparently British or bought it on on, uh, Amazon.co.uk. By the way, what's the CO for? I don't know. I yeah, I was going to ask you the same thing. Country, country is I don't know. Um, so it, actually, he's not British. He just it makes him feel more refined just to buy all his books through Amazon UK <laughs> and then wait a month and a half for the shipping. And what's funny is we set the price of this at seven dollars and seventy seven cents, just you know for the yeah. ironic value. Yeah, uh, and it, that translates over to four pound and one whatever pent. I don't know what you yeah. call. It. <laughs> so, so here it is, and and, and uh, here's here's the disclaimer. This actually uses a word that I very intentionally don't use, uh-huh. but I'm going to read it. Much like you uh, saying some words that you don't use while while narrating the uh, Facing Tyson audiobook. So, yeah, right, exactly. So here it is. Uh, and the the uh, five star review is titled "Reraptured is a tour de force of prophetic literature," Ooh. and uh, Nigel informed me that he was a lieutenant in the Gut Check Army. Nigel uh, Tufnell, I hope, from Spinal Tap. Nigel Fever. Okay. Now that Notch. is a freaking name, dude. That is a great name. Dude, if you had that name, you could not fail. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, yeah, and, and, and kind of invincible name, Nigel Yeah, you're going to be a success at life with that name. Sounds like some like a character from Train Spotting or something. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. All right, so here it is. I'm probably not the only one who noticed that Re-Raptured is an anagram of pure retard. <laughs> I'm sure Chuck Weebus wow, is aware nice. of it. And, and, of course, the Chuck Weebus references because he, his review of Mega was about how it was a, oh, an anagram of a gem. Yeah, right, right. Uh, I'm sure Chuck Weebus is aware of it. That being said, there is nothing backwards about this book. After reading many books about the end times, including Gems by Tim LaHaye and John Hagee, I've always felt that too much time is spent talking about Israel and Iran and not about Colorado and Nebraska. Dude, there you go. <laughs> no, I just... Nigel just gets right to the heart of the matter, doesn't he? This and, and you know, the, the, here's a thing with with British people. Yeah, they can say things that I would never say, and right. somehow their Britishness like makes it seem all right. It allows them to get away with it in a way that you and I could could not probably. Like I one time heard a British guy, live and in person, use the c word, which I in my mind is the like the worst oh, yeah. of swear words. Yeah, uh, and and he was using it just to call somebody just like a goof. And he said it in such a way where I was just like, that must be okay there, you know? I, I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. Um, this book sets things straight. I also feel that my knowledge of football has increased, so that's a double bonus. Yeah. And, and you know, today his knowledge of, of peewee football. So, uh, <laughs> exactly. In which summer. is important. He needs to know that. Yeah, well, actually, we're going to talk a little later about fantasy peewee football, which is a thing. <laughs> in summary, if you like football and scary end time stuff, buy this book as the authors need a new jet like Creflo Dollar, WWJD. Dude, we do need a new jet. Wouldn't that be amazing if Gutcheck had its own G5? Our jet is it's starting to break down a little bit. It is, yeah. We need a new one. It's time for a new one. So 
So <laughs> get 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 on the website, buy some t-shirts, and uh, and and help us get our new uh, our new private jet, a la Creflo Dollar. Is it just me, or is this episode like the we read stuff episode? Dude, it is. It's like story time. You know, it's it's gut check literacy month. I think where we just we just read to people. Mm-hmm. It should that should be a thing. We should have like a ribbon for that, like a little awareness for it. <laughs> we should have a little uh, a button pin, and if you get five stars, you get a free personal pan pizza. <laughs> there you go. Exactly, man. Have a little agreement with local uh, merchants. You remember that? I do. I remember Book that. It. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. Nostalgia. Okay, you know what, Ted? When we pull up, uh, and, and I didn't hear any feedback. Yay or nay, pro or con, too or far, far, uh, about uh, what we did when we launched the the weekly reading. The weekly reading? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to assume everyone was just in awe of it and loved the idea. Yeah, I'll take their total silence to mean that they were just, yeah, completely wowed by it. Or maybe they were just crushed by our retirement and hoping that us starting a uh, 35-week series series. was... Indicative that we might be back, dude. We're kind of like reformed pastors in that way, you know. Like we're just <laughs> starting just a simple thirty-five week series on the first <laughs> chapter and a half of Romans. So, you know. <laughs> uh, here we go, chapter one. Ted Strongbow. Ted Strongbow, third string quarterback for the Denver Values Football Club, revisits the same ritual each morning. He stands in front of a floor to door frame vanity mirror. Fitting that that's what we call these types of mirrors and admires the semi-stunning physique that the good Lord gave him. (laughs) Six feet three inches tall and 242 granite-chiseled pounds of legendary college quarterback, Strongbow won two Sears BCS national titles during his tenure at Florida Christian Polytechnic University, (laughs) FCPU. That's real, too. You can look that up on Wikipedia. It is real. It's a real, it's a great school. Great school. The lantern-jawed Strongbow in his last year as a college player was named the Christianity Today Lifeway Gospel Coalition Man of the Year, <laughs> as well as national spokesperson for the National Christian Conservative Homeschool Association, hereafter NCCHA, <laughs> and jockey underwear. <laughs> Strongbow does a lot of public speaking, and as such, part of his morning mirror ritual involves Strongbow running through imaginary interview and press conference scenarios in his mind. This, he feels, prepares him for the real thing. Mm. This Sunday unlike, is unlike any other, however, as the Denver Values will face Chicago at 7 p.m. Eastern in the seventh game of the season on the 7th of November in what will be only the seventh time these two franchises have faced one another. <laughs> Strongbow, when he was drafted with the seventh pick of the first round, selected jersey number seven because, of it, because it is the biblical number of completeness. From his ornate, modern, think lots of brushed steel, wood, and leather bedroom, with a state-of-the-art Dynex 112-inch flat-screen television, a free sample, as he is also a Dynex spokesman, and vaulted ceilings, Strongbow can hear a smattering of voices coming from the kitchen below. The voices belong to his parents, Rob and Kim Strongbow, (laughs) and his brothers Bobby, Johnny, Johnny, and Tommy. Even though the brothers are grown men, they all add the Y to their names, so that they all sound oddly childlike. The voices, just like every morning since roughly September of his eighth grade year when his prodigy hit full bloom, are all talking about him. (laughs) He is required to feel burdened by this, but really it makes him smile a little inside. Ted Strongbow has a 30-minute commute to the stadium. He crinkles his toes in the plush toe carpet underfoot, convinced that it is the last time he will ever feel the carpet or glance at the giant Dynex. 
It is the last time he will ever gaze upon his 242 chiseled pounds in the mirror. The next time he does, he will be in heaven, gazing into their mirrors, which he thinks must be magnificent. (laughs) Strongbow believes that today is the day that he and the rest of his theological ilk around the world will be raptured into the sky. Dun, dun, dun. Bobby Strongbow's cell phone rarely ever leaves his ear. He has been on the phone all morning, handling all of his brother's off-the-field activities, including his obligations with Jockey, his Ted Strongbow Foundation for Children of Evangelical Parents slash pre-trib rapture studies, and his clandestine meetings with television personality Tim Van Shrimpy. <laughs> Van Shrimpy and Strongbow have been meeting at midnight at various Starbucks franchises in uber-hip enclaves in Denver, Telluride, and other Colorado cities. These, it was decided, were places with mostly gay, college-educated clientele where neither Strongbow nor Van Shrimpy would be recognized. <laughs> The quarterback has been gobbling up Van Shrimpy's self-published books and comics, which he gets for free in exchange for autographed pieces of memorabilia, like jerseys or helmets. Strongbow secretly feels as though he's getting the better of the deal. <laughs> and we have a section break in the book here, uh, in which we, t- we, uh, we transition to Duke Morrison. Grizzled Denver Values head coach Duke Morrison, 51, sits alone in a darkened office somewhere in the bowels of Dobson Moody Kilometer High Stadium. <laughs> Morrison has received uh, several distinguished awards during his years in the All-States Football League, hereafter ASFL, most recently being the Barbasol Viagra ASFL Coach of the Year in 2006. His meaty battle-scarred fingers are working furiously to unscrew the satellite television feed at the back of his own Dynex television. The fingers are weighted considerably by two of the AFC Championship rings that rattle awkwardly against the back of the plastic at the back of the TV. Morrison finally unhooks the cable and manipulates the, U- the UHF dial. It's on. <laughs> Morrison has told his staff that he would be bivouacked in his office watching game film. He's really watching prophecy guru Tim Van Shrimpy and thinking about the end of mankind and what has become a weekly ritual. In front of Morrison sits an open bottle of Dewar's scotch. <laughs> Morrison is proud of the fact that he's a Dewar's man. Most of the successful people, male he knows, drink Dewar's. <laughs> Morrison is playing a game of his own design called Tim Van Drinking, in which every in which every time Van Shrimpy mentions the rapture, the end times, or Israel, Morrison downs a shot of doers. He plays this to take the edge off the pressure of a losing season, but also to dull the anguish that comes from not knowing what will happen to him during the rapture. Morrison is convinced that the rapture will happen tonight, but also that he'll be left behind like the characters in all of those end-time scare films they showed at church in the 1970s and 80s, the ones with o- overflowing coffee pots and jets <laughs> leaving without you, etc. He would like to be floating out of the stadium with Ted Strongbow, but today feels that that's the furthest thing from possible. He jots a note to, to himself to begin looking for another third-string quarterback for after Strongbow is raptured. It's all fun and games if you're floating skyward out of the stadium, but somebody has to worry about the rest of the roster, and that someone is head coach Duke Morrison. <laughs> Teddy, you ready? Shouts Bobby Strongbow up the African teak mahogany gilded staircase. <laughs> Ted, still gazing at his lantern jaw and intentionally stubbled cheekbones, shoots a glance at a special Florida Christian Polytechnic football Dynex Lifeway Publishing Bowl <laughs> duffel bag at his feet. <laughs> FCPU beat Texas Christian in the Dynex Lifeway Publishing Bowl at the end 
of Strongbow's freshman season. The bag and its contents will be left with a teammate and halfback, Jaquiz Parker, at his locker at Moody Kilometer High Stadium. Parker, Parker, Strongbow hypothesizes, is his most worldly teammate and therefore least likely of his acquaintances to be raptured. He never kneels in the end zone after scoring touchdowns, has lots of tattoos, and <laughs> listens to rap music. Oh. He has never once thanked God in a post-game interview, a track record that Strongbow privately feels is semi-unacceptable. Strongbow always kneels. It's kind of his thing. <laughs> he was also the only player on the Denver Values to refuse implementation of the state-of-the-art ASFL.com fan player homing device, a chip which is implanted just below the skin at the nape of a player's neck and allows subscribing fans to track measurables like a player's resting heart rate, exercise habits, diet, sexual activity, and frequency of urination. <laughs> it is billed by the website as the next level in player-fan interaction. Strongbow feared that the implementation of the chip had some serious end-times implications. <laughs> the duffel contains Strongbow's Rapture Preparedness Kit, which was put together at the behest of Van Shrimpy, as a way for Strongbow to keep his post-Rapture life in order, and to, as they say in the business, stay on message, even after he has been whisked up over the third concourse, above the stadium lights, and into the night sky. Contents of the kit are as follows. Keys to Strongbow's luxury condominiums in Manhattan, Naples, and Manila, where he runs the Ted Strongbow Foundation for Underprivileged Dark-Skinned Children. Mission <laughs> statement, to provide low-cost personal computers and smartphones for children around the world because computers and Jesus are the way to a better life. Activation <laughs> codes for a variety of offshore bank accounts. Paperwork for the 12 In-N-Out Burger franchises for which Strongbow is either the sole or part owner. Prepared statements for the following. The FCPU Alumni Association expressing his regret over not being able to keynote their Touchdown Club luncheon this fall. The Denver Values expressing his regret over not being able to fulfill his duties as their third-string quarterback, but thanking God for the opportunity to be the most prepared and hardest-working man in professional football, and the National Homeschool Alliance encouraging kids everywhere to stay out of public schools. A flash drive containing the contents of his mostly ghost-written personal memoir, How God Made Me the Hardest-Working Man in Pro Football, The Ted Strongbow Story. A cellular telephone... <laughs> keys to his black 2012 Cadillac Escalade, which bears a bumper sticker reading, Upon rapture, this richly appointed Escalade from Franz Foreman's <laughs> Cadillac in Denver will be unmanned. A loaded Glock 9mm pistol. A gift from Van Trimpey, delivered one night in a Starbucks bag beneath a lemon scone, a Michael Buble <laughs> CD, and a copy of that day's New York Times. <laughs> Strongbow slides his considerable physique into the passenger seat after carefully placing the duffel in the trunk. He flips down the visor and looks into the small mirror at his carefully disheveled hair and piercing blue eyes. He begins to mentally practice the press conference that he will hold later that night in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of chapter one, Ted Strongbow. Folks, you can uh, own your own copy of, uh, of this novel, which I like to call the Great American Novel, uh, Re-Raptured. It's available on Amazon.com. Uh, just search for Re-Raptured. Zach, how much is this uh, this beautiful baby novel? How Four much pounds, will one pence. Four pounds, one pence on Amazon.co.uk. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure. Um, I, I think it, we, we said it at seven seventy seven to be funny, and then I think that, that Amazon marked it down, which Cooler you know, they actually have every right to do. Um, yeah. uh, five ninety nine. Oh, bargain at twice the price, Zach. 
and or, or you can just wait. But who wants to wait for 34 weeks? There's actually yeah. 33 chapters and a prologue, uh, meaning that this and – and maybe an epilogue too. But the 33 seems like <laughs> a very significant – uh, end times yeah, number. It really does. Yeah, numerology is a big part of the book and really a big part of our personal philosophies. So, and in true Christian kind of uh, pastor fashion, you know, I'm sure we'll we'll digress from this series uh, for Christmas. You know, <laughs> a, a special a special sermon, special episode for that. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing Easter, that. But uh, but otherwise, we'll we'll stay on track with uh, uh, with this series. Or if the pastor feel- has something he wants to say to somebody, but he doesn't have the guts, so he just like makes a sermon out of it and says it yeah, to everybody. Right. Hey, yeah. I wanted to wanted to deviate from the series just for just God for laid a week. it on my heart. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's you know, right. rather than the great American novel, I wonder if we should refer to this as kind of like the great one world government novel, dude. I think we should. It's yeah, even bigger it's really than kind of rapture fashion. I feel like that would be that would be most appropriate. So I'm gonna I'm gonna in my future interactions about this novel. Um, I'm going to start referring to it that way. I think that's more appropriate. Although, you know, on the way into Promise Keepers in like 1995, someone okay. handed me a glossy magazine with okay. a uh, eagle on the cover, and yeah. the eagle had a cross in its mouth, and mm. the magazine was called America, Superpower of Prophecy. Uh, wow. Who knew? Dude, I love I love glossy magazines that have all that stuff on the cover. I feel like there's a serious lack of those now. I actually only read glossy magazines that have bald eagles holding bald crosses. eagles with a cross in their mouth. Yeah, in their in their beak. Was it in the beak or was it in the talons? It was it was in the beak, I believe. I don't know. I have it somewhere at home. I keep a file of all that wonky stuff. I feel uh, like it would have been more powerful in the talons. No, yeah. I mean not that I'm editing their glossy magazine cover, but maybe I am just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and whoever made that, if you want to contact uh, Ted Clark, he does <laughs> yeah. do contract work. Uh, I do, yeah. And I, and I specialize in, in kind of talent and eagle-related <laughs> <laughs> magazine work. I would they, jump I, on that. The, I'm the talent guy in the industry, you know, just kind of <laughs> informally. You know, we, my, my son and I have been reading uh, the Bible together every night, uh, okay. and we were reading the story of uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar when yeah. he looked out over... Babylon and thought how great he was for building it, and then God struck him with like insanity, and and yeah. he went out and his hair became um, like crazy and and like eagle like, and he okay. he grew kind of like eagle talon type uh, fingernails. Yeah, that's a crazy story, isn't it? Yeah, and you know what my son said? Yeah, what? he goes. So he had hair like Uncle Ted. Oh wow! <laughs> so Calvin thinks my hair is is like that of an eagle, like an eagle. Yeah. Great. I, you know what? I know it's a, it's kind of a negative story, but I'm not going to take that kind of as a compliment. Oh no, I didn't think. I don't think he meant it as yeah. negative, and neither did I in relating it. No, no. I just I, think it's really sweet that he that he that he speaks of me. You know, and <laughs> in, in in like kid years, you've been gone for like ever. I've been gone for like half his life already. Still, <laughs> you know, I'm st- I still figure prominently in his eagle related <laughs> reflections. <laughs> Oh, baby, this has been fun, man. We've wandered too and far, haven't we? Let, let me ask you something. Yeah. How? how tell Where me how you think the uh, the uh, first Ronnie Martin episode of The Happy Rant went compared to how you thought it would go. I, I think it, it went exactly how I thought it would go. Oh, okay. I think it yeah. went better than I thought it would. Really? Yeah. yeah Talk about that. I, I don't know. I, I thought that there would be... Uh, a, a void in the mix yeah. there, but yeah, you but had there was expectations, didn't you? You were you were skeptical a little bit. People kind of all shifted a little bit and yeah. uh, and covered, you know, kept kept the the three legs of the stool kind of intact. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice stool metaphor too. I thought it was really great when uh, you had an extended uh, 
discussion of of sports involving to me what were obscure people and events of of even years yeah. past yeah. and and, uh, and suddenly there was just no Ronnie for a while yeah yeah Ronnie was opening his mail which usually is the role that I fill on the program <laughs> actually Ronnie was opening your mail for you so you Ronnie discuss... was opening my mail and like texting me about it <laughs> it was a real very meta you know it's a really hipster thing to do the the most hipster thing to do is open someone else's mail now, somebody on uh, Twitter was talking about how long Ronnie was going to uh, permit you or, or suffer you calling him baby. And I had to get in there and point out that, it's that not I think a suffering that thing, I you guys, I mean, you never said baby until you and Ronnie started hanging out and doing the reformatory. Right. And so yeah, I said, you know, a, it was kind of a swingers thing because I think one of the first, one of the first things we did together on one of those trips, we watched the movie swingers together. And uh, and discovered our mutual admiration for that, and then uh, and that's where all that came about. So someone's got to find the reformatory. Seriously, dude, they've they've got to be out there on the on the bowels of the internet somewhere. I know I don't think that they are, and and it's like you know nothing ever disappears on the internet, quote unquote, yeah. unless it would cost money to actually continue hosting it. Like if it's a yeah. big video chunk, then yeah. it can disappear if the person who was paying for it stops. Um, but I wonder if you called them. Uh, whatever that that radio station was, and and asked them if you got them on DVD. Remedy Live, chat, listen, and love, dude. I would put that up. I'd put it up on a couple of them on our uh, podcast. Link to them. Uh, dude, that would be page. funny. That would be a nice uh, nostalgic thing to do, wouldn't it? That'd our be page. Our our page. From, yeah, blast from the past. Our page. I can't. I can't figure out where I have to be to not get the popping piece. It's okay, baby. You know what? People are going to be forgiving about that. I think. <laughs> My sense is that that we've got a gracious bunch here. You know. <laughs> bunch, bunch Here's is a great gutch- word. Isn't it a great word? It's a great like '80s dad word. Okay, gang, everybody pile in the in the station wagon. Just, oh man, I miss station wagons. We're getting a new car soon, and I was thinking, Somebody get man. in the way back. Remember the way back? Oh yeah, you're station. looking backwards. Yeah, yeah, you're looking back. I always got car sick sitting in the way back. Me too. Yeah, I always tried to avoid the way back. You know what? I want to hear a funny and sad story. Yeah. We had a, a station wagon, and and we'd sit in the way back unless we were going on a long trip, and they needed to put the seats down for the luggage. Yeah. Yeah. And my sister and I would, you know, if we were just going on a short trip, I'd go in the way back and just lie mm-hmm. down. You know, if we're going to grandma's house three hours away, she'd lie down in the back seat. Well, <laughs> one time on the way to uh, grandma's house, when we had the, you know, we were both had to be in the same seat. Yeah, I said I, I want to lie down. And my sister said, well, why don't you lay down on the floor of the car, and I'll lay down on the seat. Okay. And because she's four years older than me, I said, okay. And I, and I lay down on the floor, yeah. except the thing is that, that uh, in there's the middle of the, the floor, middle. there's that yeah. big hump. Yeah. yeah, right. And it just, like, even as like a, a like seven-year-old, it wrecked my back. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, yeah. So, so for the next trip, you know what my old man did? What? He, he cut like a piece of plywood. Oh, of course he did. The size and shape to fit there. I love this. And I, and I put a sleeping made like bag a on bunk, it. Like a little bed. <laughs> yes. Oh, dude. And how horribly dangerous was that when I think about it? Like, neither of us had a seatbelt on, of course. Dude, that was the 80s, though. Anything went. Yeah. You know, you could, you could fashion little bunk beds into your car in the 80s. And, uh... <laughs> dude, that story is so revelatory about, I think, where you get kind of your, your DIY ethos, man. Ooh. You got it from Terry. Yeah, you know? well, and he's an engineer, so maybe it just came right in through the DNA, and yeah. Dude, he enjoyed doing that, man. You know he was measuring back there and, like, you know, really rigging that thing up to be comfortable for you. Kind of lashing me to the floor lashing of the station. Lashing to the floor, <laughs> lashing stuff to the plywood, lashing, 
lashing the plywood to things. I mean, there was a lot of lashing. It was early, early lashing. Lashing me if I got out of line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is another thing you could do in the eighties that you can't do now. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, it was a simpler time, baby. Even the lashing was simpler back then. <laughs> We haven't talked about lashing in a while. We may need to revisit that on the next episode. Dude, I do have some updates. I'll, I'll, I'll break them out See next how, time. how things are going in your lashing life, you know? <laughs> you know what, Chad? I feel like at this point, um, maybe you and I should kind of switch back our roles. Okay. Yeah, I, okay. Let's I, do that. I know that I, I took over for you and you took over for me, but I feel like you know it'd be, it'd be a little bit more comfortable if I was back in my own seat. Okay. If yeah, it, let's, let's make that change right now all right. as a company. Okay. Yeah, the, the, this does feel a lot better. I'm glad we did that. You know what that bit reminded me of? It reminded me of a Wayne's World bit for some reason. Yeah, yeah, like a moment and then, okay, yeah. all right. Okay. All right. Bonus. Baby, this has been, uh, this has been a great app. I've, uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, anything else you want to you wanna say before we sign off for the day? You know what? Just go to your local library. Check out some books. Uh, Literacy Month. It's a very yeah, important time. Yeah, go check time. Literacy Month, man. We are about literacy, so uh, for the next 35 weeks... <laughs> it's going to be Gutchick Literacy Month, actually, for the next 35 weeks. And a good important part of, of literacy is buying and reading books. A good yep. book to buy would be The Last Con. Yeah, and another good book to buy would be Re-Raptured, which is the book that we're reading to you on this program. So uh, with that, run, don't walk to uh, Amazon.com. They're this little, just kind of niche online retailer. Mom and um, Pop website, really. Mom and Pop. You know, we like to think of them as our thing, kind of, you know? Like, we discovered Amazon. And, I hate it uh, when I go to Amazon and there's other people there. Dude, I know. I hate that, too. And I hate when other people reference getting stuff from Amazon. Yeah. You it's know? like, you know, like, like, who do you find think your you own think? thing, right? That's my thing. You know? <laughs> so run, to, run, don't walk to our favorite little uh, online merchant, Amazon.com, and grab uh, the two aforementioned books. And we will see you next time. Yeah, man, I'm not watching.